This podcast is brought to you by the Weight of Cinema community on Patreon. As a community member, you're able to connect with an inclusive community of cinema lovers and gain access to exclusive content as you help to influence the direction of the channel. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes below. Hello and welcome everyone once again to the Weight of Cinema podcast. This is the episode for October. We are in spooky season. Um, It's also my birth month and uh, a great month to enjoy because it's around when fall really starts to kick in. The weather is cooling down, at least where we live, and the leaves are changing. Are you so excited about fall here right now, Kaylin? Oh, you know. You and know how excited I am. I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Kaylin, I think your favorite season is fall. Is that right? Uh, by a million percent. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, as you guys know, who are returning listeners, and for those of you who are listening to this for the very first time, Kaylin is my wonderful co-host, and we are so excited to jump into it today. We are talking about something that is very timely, for it is, as I mentioned, the season of scares and screams, and we wanted to cover a topic that is popular amongst this time, uh, and that we would know that we knew uh, we would have a lot to say about and a lot to cover. This is the most enjoyable and um, maybe popular show from. Netflix, at least in my opinion, um, that we've seen so far, and that is Stranger Things. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Or. It's really hard to do with just your voice. That is a, such a classic theme. And Stranger Things is amazing for those of you, you know, who have watched it. Um, you might agree that, you know, it's such a fun, enjoyable, and exciting gripping show to watch. Um, just as a background, Stranger Things was created by, uh, Matt and Ross Duffer dubbed the Duffer brothers. Um, that's kind of their, their like co-directing moniker or co, um, creator moniker. And it was initially released, released in, uh, July, 2016. Um, back then it, was released and for me at least it was kind of like something that i just saw on the internet like like most things that start trending it was just like oh what is this new everyone's talking about this thing what is this thing and like one of the uh like sayings of 2016 i feel like was amongst (laughs) all of the you know election stuff and all of the controversy, uh, one of the big things people were talking about was, or they would say to each other was, have you seen Stranger Things yet? <laughs> like, I don't know, like every conversation that I had with people around that time in July, 2016 was like all of this crazy conversation about Stranger Things. Yeah. Everyone so, was freaking out. Yeah. It was so, it was, it was nuts. Like it's one of those cultural phenomenons. Part of that is due to the, um, to the level of nostalgia that comes with it, which we'll be talking about that. It was across generations that people were able to really get a sense of, of like, Oh, this is something that we need to check out. Um, 
And then that was even the same for season two uh, in October, almost a year ago to the day. Um, season two was released on October 27, 20, uh, 2017. So that was just a few days before Halloween last year. And that's why we're talking about it this time around. Cause we, Kaylin and I aren't really like into horror films that much. I mean, they're definitely worthy of appreciation. We acknowledge that we just haven't, um, they're not within our catalog of movies that we've seen as much as, um, something like stranger things. Um, all episodes pretty much have been directed by Sean Levy. Um, I don't know if all of them have, but pretty much all. So most of them, um, and it is obviously produced and distributed by Netflix. The film, or sorry, um, the television show feels like a movie. I know it really like one did. long movie. Yeah, I know the series, uh, stars actors like Finn Wolfhard and Millie Bobby Brown, who are both young actors, um, who kind of cut their teeth on Stranger Things, um, as well as David David Harbour and Winona Ryder and so on. I think it's, no, it's Winona Ryder. There we go. <laughs> Winona. Winona. Um, Winona. Naturally, as you guys you know, know and expect, it received critical acclaim and popularity, as we've mentioned. It's garnered a huge fan base and widespread conversation amongst mainstream and niche communities alike. And we're still awaiting a new season. So in the absence of that season... Our hearts are lonely and sad, so we need to talk about it. Yes. In the <laughs> absence of the next of season three, um, this Halloween, we are providing that conversation for you guys to get your a little, a little bit of your Stranger Things fix. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into the conversation. Are you so excited? Yes. Yes. Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, okay. We should play the theme song right now. Yes. <laughs> Maybe just acapella with our voices. Okay. So, Kaylin, I want to hear right off the bat from your from your mind. Um, from my mind. From your mind. What is it that makes Stranger Things so worthy of appreciation what what are some of the like standout things about stranger things that makes it so good uh everything uh (laughs) it's all so good okay um the plot is very engaging and interesting Mm -hmm. and it works so well as like a serialized show because it's a mystery so Mm -hmm. like you're it's very gripping yeah you're discovering what's going on it's almost as if like every time an answer is presented to the audience, it comes along with like three more questions, right? So like it's that concept of every time you move forward in the plot, you also move like three steps back, mm-hmm. you know, because because every answer is like, okay, like we know this thing, but wait, what about all this stuff that just like came, mm-hmm. to, came to life within the narrative? Like mm-hmm. you're totally spot on. Yeah. The characters are awesome mm-hmm. they do a great job with character development um and they flesh out the characters really well uh just like the intention attention to detail okay. is really um excellent uh when it comes to i mean like the everything about like the visuals like the cinematography is great um the the colors are beautiful mm-hmm. um you know, the costume and set design is all very intentional because it's, you know, such a nostalgic movie and that's a huge part of the movie. 
sorry i keep doing that <laughs> um show and that's such a huge part of the like magic of it mm-hmm. is that it feels like it is from the 80s mm-hmm. and yeah it's just so good yeah seriously i think i mean basically what you said is everything that makes a good yeah you know all the things are just good all the things are just <laughs> really well done um in your personal opinion what are some of the things that like really stick out to you as noteworthy besides the general like here's what makes it great uh i think what we can sum up you saying was intentionality is what makes it great Mm -hmm. for you personally what are some of those like um things where you say i i really like this show because of this i think well i think for me a lot of my enjoyment of things of movies or shows in general is character driven okay it's hard to connect with something or enjoy something if it doesn't have good characters mm-hmm. and if you don't feel compelled to like be interested in them yeah um and so but i think they just do a really good job with all the dynamics of like the relationships in the yeah. mo- in the show not the movie <laughs> uh, um it yeah. feels like a movie. It does. It really yeah. does. But, um, and that's another thing is like, you're used to like quality of like movies often feel like different quality than like a TV show. Right. Mm-hmm. Like movies are another level, but it has that level of production and quality that feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very cinematic. It's not, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain, but anyway, um yeah just the characters uh Uh the performances are great um and yeah that's probably like the if if i had to pick one thing the characters i'd say yeah yeah you know you can create a show or tell a story that is built off of simply the adrenaline of the sci-fi nature of it right Mm -hmm. like the mystery and the and the curiosity that comes with that. Um, but that's not what this show does, right? Like it could rely on just that and be like, oh, this is exciting, right? But that's not what it is. What it is, is it is a character-driven show. And I think you're really right in that that's what makes it so good. Mm-hmm. Um, not just, I'm trying to think of an example of some kind of work that is like, all right on like like for the matrix matrix example mm. um or sorry the matrix for example um in my opinion is totally that there is some sort of character element to that but really what rides on what the matrix rides on for its level of like acclaim and popularity is like at least when it came out it was so revolutionary the action and the and the way in which they use the slow motion and the concept was just so like mm-hmm. out there, you know, um, I've seen the matrix and I don't think that it's very character driven, especially when you're considering ensemble casting, like it has the ability or the opportunity to dive into character in a, in a more nuanced way and in a more compelling way, providing arcs. And I've only seen the first one, but, um, but yeah, that's a perfect example of a of a like a, a story that was told solely off the basis of 
this is a cool concept, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't super character driven. Whereas Stranger Things, maybe like at the start, you might think like, oh, this is going to be like ultimately a show where I'm going to be like wigged out by the plot um, and nothing more. But in reality, by the end, it makes you feel for the characters, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What would you say are some of the ways in which it does that? Obviously, like with the the squad of boys who are like uh-huh. kind of the main I mean there's there's other protagonists but they're like kind of the main core I mm-hmm. feel like of the show yeah um they're just so lovable yes. and their like brotherhood is really um it's really endearing and their like banter and interaction mm-hmm. is funny and yeah. heartwarming and you know, silly and it just, but you can tell like, even though they like get into disagreements and stuff, they really, they really care about each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, like it goes into the backstory of like chief hopper who, Mm -hmm. you know, lost his daughter and like you feel for this guy, you like start to have compassion for him and understand like why he is the way he is. And, um, you have, uh, the great character arc of um, Nancy's boyfriend, Steve. Steve, yeah, who starts off as a jerk, and then you love him by the second season. He's like season. a creep by the start, yeah. Right? But and it's by like the end, he's he's the fan favorite, yeah. And that's that says something when you can take a character and like swing it totally around and mm-hmm. and bring it from you know like like professor snape from harry potter or something you know someone everyone hated and now everyone loves yeah and spoiler alert by the way it goes without saying that we're talking spoilers for everything yeah so anyway if you haven't seen it what are you doing with your life i know right (laughs) keep going yeah but i don't know that that's like the gist yeah definitely what i was saying definitely like just as they are revealing information in the plot they slowly reveal information about each character. Yeah. In the first season, at least. And something that the second season done that's, does that's so excellent is that it elaborates, mm-hmm. right? Like one of the ways that you um, grow characters after you've taken them through at least their initial arc is you put them in new situations mm-hmm. so that the audience can see them deal uh, with each other in these new situations and yeah. deal in different ways, right? You kind of follow the thread of how they're developing right. and like which choices they're going to make. Right. And according to what they're presented with, right? Mm-hmm. You have to give them a new set of challenges. And so, for example, someone like Chief Hopper, it really was about in the first season redeeming um, his past, redeeming the tragedy that he experienced in finding something to save, right? Like he couldn't save his daughter, so he has to save Will. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is his driving force mm-hmm. is um, is I know that there's a possibility that I can do something that saves this, this person's child, even though like someone wasn't able to save my child. In the second season, it's similar, but it's different because of, of like I said, the, the actual manifestation of his arc, which is now I have a new person to take care of at like, after I've saved a kid, now I get to be the father that I never was, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and now he has to take care of an 11, uh, sorry, take care of 11. Um, 
but in a wholly different way than he would of his own daughter because she is a totally different person, um, a metahuman. She is... With her own strong opinions. Right, with her... Uh, and she, you know, yeah, totally different. She doesn't have... He doesn't have his wife by his side. It's totally different. She's How been, do you raise like a 13-year-old? <laughs> right, and she's being hunted down by the government and it's like... It Just presents your this average whole set of father-daughter relationship. Right, exactly. It presents this whole <laughs> new set of circumstances. The same same thing with someone like Mike um, Mike Wheeler, the other you know another one of the main characters. Where in the first season it was his his thing was um, you know we've lost Will, but I'm going to continue to um, you know hope and strive to get him back. And also come to lean on my new friend, Eleven. It's almost like a flip-flop. And you see him experience the the opposite of that as he goes through his adolescence period in the second season. He has his old friend back, but his new friend is gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of, so he's kind of like dealing with that in a different way now. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, like he kind of turns into a little bit of an emo you know, like he's a little darker, yeah. he's a little edgier, he's a little like uh, cynical. Yeah. Um, and so you grow on that character by presenting different new circumstances. I think the second season does that really well. But ultimately, all it all plays back to what you were saying. It's all about character. Mm-hmm. Like the the science fiction elements just put a framework, um, or or present a framework for character to happen Mm -hmm. um i think that's really cool it's really admirable you know for the writers and the showrunners for them to um craft this story in a way that says we're going to honor character not just sci-fi elements right and not just nostalgia either you know what i mean like i you've heard it said and i've heard it said that they present like um characters basically of like these different characters and then they elaborate on them to give them something new and something fresh. You mean caricatures? Does you said characters what? of these different characters. I said caricatures. Cari- caricatures. Caricatures. It sounded like characters. Sorry. Caricatures. And I was like, what? I just stumbled over my words. <laughs> it's it's cotton candy. It's not wait, what? <laughs> wait, start over. It's it's meat and potatoes, not cotton candy. What is that reference? I don't know. I just came up with it, but I'm talking about the show. It's oh, not okay. fluff. It's substance. I see what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were talking about the caricature mess no, up thing. Okay. I don't know. You're amazing. Thanks. You are. <laughs> I'm going to keep all of that in. No. Yes. <laughs> a perfect segue into, or at least what I was just saying, a perfect segue into um, maybe something else that we can talk about. Who are you, some of your favorite characters personally? Like who is standout? We've mentioned a few. We've mentioned um, the character arcs of Mike and um, Hopper. But uh, there's a whole plethora of characters between Jonathan, Nancy, Steve, Dustin, Lucas, Eleven, Max, Billy, Joyce, and did I say Nancy? I don't know. There's so many, right? Like My favorite character is Billy. No, I'm just Billy. kidding. <laughs> He's the worst. I know. He is the worst. Um, That's the question, right? Just as a tangent, do you think, uh, and we can, we'll we get into more theories later, but like, 
as you foresee, do you think that they'll redeem Billy at all like they did Steve? Or is it like, eh, no? I feel like that'd be redundant. He'll be a villain. Yeah. Yeah. If he stays in. Yeah. I've had a lot of discussions, I feel like, about Billy. Really? My argument, yeah, as I'm remembering to when season two came out last year, it was all about, um, my, my main point of discussion with people was in defense of Billy as a character, like as a villain. Um, the thing is like, they've made Steve a hero, right? Yeah. You so, don't want like, to do the same thing twice. Now they're like doing like a, a, a villain, like a bully mm-hmm. for everybody, to, a more long-term, like they've had the other bullies, but like they can't really stick around as bullies, you know, like they're, they're kind of, if they did, it kind of turn into an, a huge annoyance, but Billy can be sinister, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, a digression there, but who are some of your favorite characters? Um, Hopper is Hopper. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, we've already talked about him. Um, I love David Harbour in that role. Yeah. He just, it's like, he's warm, but you know that he's like, going to get the job done mm-hmm. or he's going to try his hardest. You know, he's like your favorite uncle. Nice. You know? Yeah. Just, I just feel like that's his essence. Yeah. Just show. like, just like happy to see you and like <laughs> great to have you here. Kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotta love Steve. Steve. I love Steve. I love Steve too. He's, he's, he's great. Yeah. Dad, Steve. Yes. And it's funny. Cause like part of that is, um, he's one of those minor characters that is like a fan favorite, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's not a main character at all. Mm -hmm. When it comes to screen time, he's a side character. Um, But emphasis is being placed on him Mm -hmm. as people come to love him more, you know, Mm -hmm. and his glorious hair. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, When it comes to, I mean, I know you mentioned, um, Hopper already when it comes to character arcs is there anybody else that stands out for you maybe Eleven or Joyce or um, someone like or Nancy or um, uh, or even Dustin I mean Eleven is awesome but because she is so different like mm-hmm. you know and so uh, she's been brainwashed and something about it her feels not fully human mm-hmm. it's a little bit she's a little bit harder to like yeah. Even though you, you love her and you like have compassion on her and stuff, she's like a little less likable, I feel like, naturally. Yeah, I think I think you're right. There is a disconnect there. Yeah, just because she's kind of like emotionally just like not there a lot of the time. Yeah. Um but she is in the second season more than in the first season. Yeah, she kind of like comes into like she learns how to be more human, I feel like. But she still is a little separated, right? Mm-hmm. But um I love Dustin. He's, okay. He's great. He's adorable. Uh-huh. And I feel like he, I mean, he's kind of like, you know, the comedic one, right? He's mm-hmm. like the jokester guy. But uh-huh. like at the end of uh, season, where, which one was the snowball? Season two. Season two. Um, you know, he's like getting these tips from Steve and like I wanting know. to like, be like Steve yeah. and like, you know, impress yeah. the girls and, and you can see like uh-huh. he actually has some like insecurity, you know, and that's, that's often like a, a thing with, you know, the, the class clown or whatever, you know, that they're like hiding insecurities and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like Nancy swoops in and like makes him feel so better. Sweet. And, like, I don't know. It's just cool. 
to see like where they're going to take him further. Yeah. But, and it's really cool to see like what you just said, characters, um, interacting with each other and supporting each other in unique ways, Mm -hmm. um, that are like natural, but unexpected. Yeah. Nancy dust dancing with Dustin. That's not something we saw coming. Mm-hmm. but it so worked, you know, yeah. even in, mo- in small character moments like that, like the, the show keeps you on its, on your toes mm-hmm. as an audience. Um, how about Will? What do you think about, I mean, Will can't catch a break, right? Like, <laughs> I know I was going to say, um, to like, to contrast some of my lesser favorite characters, but my least favorite characters are Joyce. Really? Um, I think that's like a pretty consistent thing. Like, yeah, people and, tend to not like her. And I'm like, I, I'm the opposite. I'm like, Joyce is pretty amazing. Like, well, she's like, I mean, she she's is, like, like warrior mom. Like she's like, she I is, know, she's cool. Yeah. She's cool know. in a weird way. She's like, in an, sorry, I keep interrupting you, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what it is. She, I can see that she's annoying. Yeah. I'm Especially just, more in the first season yeah, where she was elaborate. just screaming in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's understandable, but it kind of felt like one note for a long time, you know? Hmm. Will, because I feel like most of the first season he was gone. Well, he was, yeah. You know, and so you, his character wasn't really developed a lot because he was just not there. Right. He was um, more of a plot device than anything. Yeah. And, and then, you know, in the second season, he's like... <laughs> This demon guy that's like not actually himself, you know, I don't really feel like I care enough about his character yet. Like, I don't really know him super well. I mean, so in the second season, they definitely elaborate on him as a character um, before he gets possessed. Right. When him and Bob are in the car and they're talking. Yeah. And he's he's like having these fears and trying to like feel like he can fit in and stuff like that. Right. Like it's true. There are elements, but then when you pluck him out of the narrative in such a way where he can't be a force, like he really is like the plot device Mm -hmm. to motivate or stimulate the issues that are there. Um, like he's the main point of, of conflict throughout both seasons. And maybe that garnered some criticism or maybe that's the reason why it garnered some, you know, the second season garnered some criticism when people thought, oh, we're doing this all over again. I don't agree with that. I think that they shook up the second season in a lot of ways to make it elaborate on what we saw in the first season. Yeah. But the reality is, is that they do go back to the idea of Will is the key Mm -hmm. to the plot. Yeah. He's the reason. Um, and that might be consistent throughout, um, which is fine. He might serve to in later seasons, um, or even in the next season to be the most important character for an art for the audience to empathize with. Like they might really expound upon it and then give, um, weight to the previous, to who he is in the previous seasons. You know what I mean? Because of what they do with him later. Mm-hmm. We just don't know that, you know? But you'd say he's one of your least favorite, at least right now. Yeah. And then Lucas, I feel like, I I think they started to like, uh, add more depth to his character in the second season with like 
his relationship with Max and stuff and like yeah. him liking her and stuff. But yeah. especially like in the first season, I just remember thinking like, okay, he's just angry all the time. I know, but right? like he he's doesn't angsty. really do anything else. Like he just, he, you know, he causes conflict between the, the squad. I felt like I didn't really get to know his character as much. He was just kind of like, meh. <laughs> meh. That's so funny. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think if we're forgetting any. What do you think of Max as a character? Was she a good character? Is she kind of just uh, a side thing? I feel like it was like moderately good. Yeah. It wasn't like a standout for me, but like she was cool. But she was already, she was like kind of like fiery, kind of like headstrong, mm-hmm. like at the beginning. And, you know, then she like took out her brother and yeah. like she, she was really like a strong character, but like I didn't see a lot of like development or like stuff happening with her i think i I did like Like, or maybe she softened a little bit i think the point was she was kind of like a bully or kind of rude yeah and like and then like there's that part where she's like i don't want to be like my brother yeah you know what i mean when they're yeah that's true i forgot about that and then the only other you know individuals i think if i'm remembering if i'm there might be others that I'm forgetting, but the you know of the main crew that we're we've missed are Nancy and Jonathan and Mike. Well, we talked about Mike a little bit. Oh yeah. But but yeah, Nancy Nancy and Jonathan. What do you think about that pairing? They're um, kind of. I feel like the reason one of the reasons we talked to, at least in the second season we've we've noted them last is because they kind of feel like disconnected in a yeah, way. Yeah, it's like or at least in that second season. It's funny because like at the beginning you're like. No, like, get rid of Steve. Be with Jonathan. He's way better. I know. And then now you're like, no, get back with Steve. Like, <laughs> Steve is great and now he's so, all alone. So you ship Nancy and Steve. I, I feel like I do now, but also I don't want Jonathan to be alone, so I don't know. But Jonathan's a cool... Jonathan's I mean, cool. He's, he's, he's sweet. He's like, he's a great big brother. Yeah, you saw that's that. true. He's just kind of like an outsider. Yeah, he's... Um, And Nancy is like, they made her a little bit less likable because of her decisions and like the way that she handled things. It's just like, you know, like cheating on Steve, even though he was a jerk, like there wasn't an excuse for that. He was in the first season, but in the second season, like he he used to be, I mean, but like, yeah, he was getting and then just like yelling at him and getting drunk and just like. What are you doing, Nancy? I know. I know. Well, and and the thing is, I don't buy their relationship as much as I buy her and Steve's relationship. That's how I feel. I'm like, that's why I feel like, in a sense, like I don't expect them to be together throughout the series as they continue it. Yeah. And in that way, like it creates a sense of false drama for the earlier seasons because it's like, like, what was the point if they're not like my prediction is that the, all I'm saying is my prediction is that they're not going to stay together. Mm. And then it makes all of that other stuff pointless. You know what I mean? Like, not it necessarily. Makes, it still works to like develop them. But only what if, is pointless? What do you say? What do you mean? So like the love triangle, it makes the love triangle pointless if she doesn't end up with him in my like, in my opinion, at least. I don't I don't think so. I feel like. And like Jonathan had a thing for Nancy, but she was with Steve uh-huh. and then Steve was a jerk and Nancy was a jerk and they broke up and then she was with Jonathan and usually that's the end. Right. But that's like the climax of the thing. Right. But 
but now like uh steve has changed and now it's like i don't know i don't think it's pointless sorry i guess i mean for nancy and jonathan it feels pointless oh unless they if they don't like if something doesn't happen in their relationship to like change each other or like if it's just kind of like a thing right well no then it is pointless. what i'm saying is is i feel like they're not going to end up together right so something has to happen and so if they don't end up together again maybe if you say like you're saying like you're totally right if they like expand upon the characters through that relationship and then they don't end up together yeah that would work too i i guess um i guess i just mean to say like the whole love triangle drama you're like yes they got together but you don't really feel that totally you're kind of yeah, like that's true you're kind of like okay like <laughs> that sucks because we wait, like steve no. now yeah like steve just drives off alone into the dark and it but it, it creates drama right yeah but it feels like a soap opera because yeah. you're like i don't know like yeah are they gonna like this they don't it's not like they're perfect for each other like they went on a few adventures together. That doesn't mean that they have like and they made out the chemistry to really like <laughs> carry on a relationship. Right. Because know? so much when so much of their their time together is just them being focused on something like a goal. Like they're working together, which is cool. But like Exactly. And they they got and to that's why remember like, the scene know. where she like shot the gun. They were like talking and he was like, Yeah, do you want to end up like your parents like at the end of a cul de sac and that yeah. whole scene? Like that mm-hmm. was good. They were like developing there but like otherwise i feel like they're not like actually you don't really yeah yeah, i don't know it's my personal maybe it's my personal preference because i just think that he has such a better sense of charisma about him steve does yeah that it's like they would have to change her character and and they've alluded to that that she really has kind of a mask that she needs to shed because she's a little bit um more of an outcast herself you know like just trying to fit in and stuff right and that's like been her relationship with steve but now she has apparently it was all bull (laughs) right exactly the one scene well and again like you know unpacking that a little bit analyzing it in real time maybe that is maybe that's you know why she works with jonathan is because in that scene she's like i'm a fake i was fake when i was with you or something right like i don't know I don't know. I, maybe it's the actors. It's the actors who don't have great chemistry. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's it's something is there, and I'd have to watch it again to really tell, I think. But something is there that makes me feel like they're just not going to be together for the yeah. entire time. Um, individually, I think that they're good characters. They're, you know, um, like I said, they're, they're those caricatures that are expanded upon in in pretty cool ways. Mm-hmm. I really, I really enjoy their characters as well as the rest of the cast. Moving forward, um, let's dive into some of the greatest or strongest plot points that we really appreciate about the show, um, or that are with within the show. Um, I think right off the bat, the first element that I really appreciate, the best one, you know, one of the strongest plot points that I really appreciate, is the whole like um, government agency. Um, committing crimes and mm-hmm. experimenting on children mm-hmm. concept like that was always the most intriguing thing to me watching it the first season yeah um, was all of the flashbacks of 11 you know and mm-hmm. her telekinetic powers and stuff 
Um, that was like one of the strongest elements in my opinion, because you really had two simultaneous things running simultaneously. Um, that was the Demogorgon stuff, the monster stuff, and then like the government conspiracy stuff. And they really knit those two things together in a really special way. Um, but of those two things, I think I appreciate the government agency mm-hmm. conspiracy stuff better. I don't know. I think that that's Papa. like, right. I think that like <laughs> there's a more emotional weight to that and it's stronger. Obviously it's really in- interconnected with the monster story, but um, I think that they pull off the government conspiracy thing really well. Yeah. What do you think? Would you stay, would you say the same thing or, or do you go the opposite side? Or would you say something completely different, like the the, the dynamic between the kids, or um, or the love triangle that we were just talking about? What are some of the stronger elements for you? Yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, the whole time, I feel like that's the main thing that keeps you on your toes is just the question of what is going on in this secret facility, and is this the government? And yeah, well. But see that I'm, and I was talking about like the first season, but in the second season, I think it's the opposite. Like now that they've answered, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't mean to interrupt you. I feel like I've done that a couple times, but <laughs> no worries. I'm thinking as I'm talking and I'm like, oh wait, in the second season, the stuff with the shadow shadow monster is really cool too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you were saying though. Yeah, I feel like that, and then also just the question of it's pretty broad but like I feel like like one of the main things that it fascinated me and like still I want to answer is what is the upside down Mm -hmm. and like what is actually happening here you know is this the future is this an alternate dimension is this like aliens what's going on Uh you know and that's the big question is you know what what is happening. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to think about like all the different yeah. theories that we've talked about that other people have, yeah, you know, just discuss like, what do we think is going on? What is, what happened when she closed the, mm-hmm. the portal or whatever? Yeah. There's just, yeah, there's still a lot of questions about what it is. Well, and I'm really excited cause we were going to get into this talking about some of those theories here in a little bit. Um, I'd say also one of the strong plot points is the dynamic between, um, again, speaking specifically to the second season, the dynamic between, um, Hopper and Eleven, mm-hmm. um, that, I think that's one of the best plot choices that they made for that yeah. second season was set. I mean, there were a couple unexpected pairings for the second season. There were, um, Hopper and Eleven, and then there was um, Steve and Dustin. Right, mm-hmm. those were like the two unexpected pairings. We expected Nancy and and Jonathan to get together. We expected Will and Mike to be together doing stuff, and then they gave um, they created a new character for Lucas to pair up with. But the the Hopper and Eleven stuff was like the most dramatically satisfying, in my opinion, because these are really the characters that have both experienced tragedy um, the most, you know, mm-hmm. is, is those two characters. And so um, they're able to play on that drama in such satisfying and unique ways. Um, 
So, yeah. And for the last pairing, you have Billy and Nancy's mom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so gross. That is <laughs> hilarious that you just mentioned that right now. Yeah, what is uh, Let's just take a moment talking about <laughs> plot points. And is, is Billy a weak plot point in the second season? Is that something like... Uh, uh, well, it gives... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It gives Max something to it gives her her own antagonist as well as it her own. he presents it uh, he's presented as an antagonist right and also um it's kind of just the question of the classic big thing of you know what makes a hero or a villain and you get to see his his father who is a jerk and an awful person mm. and treats him terribly and he like and then you see, okay, this is why he is how he is. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, what he chooses to do with that, as opposed to the characters of, like, Hopper, yeah. who experiences great tragedy and pain and chooses to save people. Did you, know? you just reference my YouTube video as the classic big thing? I did. Well, I mean, it's like, it's a it's a big idea that was already there, but, right. but your YouTube video specifically as you just made that and talked about it. Yeah. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I have a video called, um, what makes a hero and that's on the YouTube channel. If you want to check it out. Yeah. Billy's interesting and I'm excited to see what they do with him because they can either make him a really great villain. I think that he has the precedence to be a great villain. Yeah. It just really depends on how they utilize what they've already done. At the end, he was just, I'm trying to remember how they like sent him off. He was just kind of like a coward and then. Yeah. His sister beat him up and. Yeah. Yeah. He just like whimpered away. Yeah. Typical bully. But <laughs> the question is like, is that the end or like, do they have more that they could do with him? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he might not be back really at I, don't, all? I don't know maybe that would be sad for the actor because i've heard he had a great onset presence like hmm. they liked working with him that's cool so it'd be sad to for him to just kind of just go you know um, maybe i'm wrong yeah i don't know so good segue again into you know, something that we could talk about more is what are some of those weaker things, those weaker elements that um, maybe we don't appreciate as much. We've already hinted at some of that. Maybe the character uh, or sorry, the love triangle we don't really like. Maybe Billy is we'll, we'll see about that. Um, what are some of those weaker things for you where it's like and specifically plot elements where, come on, you didn't need to do that or. Why are we focused on this or, you know, there are, I feel like there aren't many, but they are there. There are some. And before you do that, I just want to note for the listeners, you might hear some background noise. There is a dog barking in the background. We'll do our best to, to phase that out in post, but you know, just as a note for that. <laughs> so continue. Uh, I mean, there's the notorious one that everyone kind of agrees upon which is that episode seven yeah uh-huh season two yeah with collie yeah number eight her sister yeah that was like sister kind of 
out of place. It was so odd, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's so funny because like that season started with her. And when that happened, when I watched that, I was like, wow, they just really kicked this off with a bang because that's not what we were expecting. And mm-hmm. and like it's pretty amazing that they were able to like just in just a, a, a prologue, like totally expand the entire narrative outside of Hawkins, outside of our main characters, but say, no, there's a greater world out there. But it takes them six episodes to get there. You know, like by then it, we've gone through six hours of content that you've forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What about what about it when they get to the seventh episode? Do you think is like, yeah, this is just weak. Yeah, and like it just doesn't, it just, it's so separated from everything. It's like in another location, mm-hmm. totally different place. Totally. And then they like don't, follow up with any of it yeah it's just like doesn't go anywhere just kind of is self-contained which is kind of weird yeah and i don't know i just didn't really like the performance of uh yeah collie yeah i didn't think it was very strong definitely um well it did give 11 like a dilemma of like am i gonna choose you know to hurt people with my pain Uh am i going to like choose revenge or just choose She's a good side. Yeah. But other than that, it was just kind of weird. Well, and and it's like, what is the the question really is, does Eleven need this character arc? Do we need to present her with this scenario? Or do we not? Like, yeah, it wasn't necessary for her character to go through that because it wraps up pretty well. You know what I mean? Like it, it does have a good payoff with back in Hawkins with Hopper. Right. Like that whole section does. Yeah. But could have have been executed in such a way that it didn't feel like such a digression from the main storyline. Yeah. You know, um, definitely. And then I would just say another kind of weak element about, as you mentioned, the first and second season is that maybe Joyce feels a little one note. I personally like the fact I I see the flaws there. Right. Um but I also like appreciate Joyce as like an awesome, like she's like the power of the mother, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's going to get her boy back and like Mm -hmm. nobody's going to stop her. And like, that's pretty admirable. That's pretty cool and heartwarming, but she can get tiresome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, definitely. So in conclusion, we're going to talk about some theories yes. that we have and yes. that other people have, which is really fun to talk about. I feel like that's a huge part of uh-huh. like the mutual enjoyment of the show with Seriously. other people is that yeah. you just get to like talk about what you think mm-hmm. and everyone has different ideas. Yeah. Um, so you had a really cool idea that I really like. It's really it? ironic because it's like I had this and then other people started mentioning it, but I never shared it. And people can believe me. He thought yeah. of it first. Right. The original hipster. People, <laughs> people can believe me or not, but I really did. I remember. Well, it's just a general fan theory, but you thought of it without seeing it anymore. Right. Exactly. Like I was just really thinking through Stranger Things one day and I was like, what could happen here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what could this be? Basically, my theory and now many people's theories is that the upside down is actually 
a future. It's not just another dimension, but it's actually the gate is a portal into the future. It's a time traveling portal. And basically in the upside down, it's a post-apocalyptic world where um, this monster really has taken over um, this this world, you know, almost in the same way as um, as something like the Terminator, where they send agents back in time to go take care of certain situations. But like, basically, oh, you know, and I it was so long ago that we talked about it, so I'm trying to remember all the fine details. But basically, um, will it has to do with will? Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so we're talking about alternate di- dimensions in in multiverse theory in timelines, right? Um, like that's within the show. They talk about that, and there are other universes, there are other dimensions, right? When they're first like bringing out the idea of the upside down, and basically my theory was that the difference between our like the main Stranger Things timeline and the timeline of um, this future post apocalyptic Hawkins is that um, Mike, Lucas, and Dustin ran into 11, right? So in the Upside Down, in the past of the Upside Down timeline, um, instead of Mike, Lucas, and Dustin running into 11, it's, um, it's actually the Demogorgon that gets 11 and captures 11 along with Will. And Will is just a tertiary character at that point. He's nothing, right? In that timeline... The Demogorgon gets Eleven, brings her to um, to the Upside Down, and harnesses her power to to you know take over the world basically, um, and that's what that's what brings about the Mind Flayer and so on and so forth. Is that, um, or at least the Demogorgon as an agent of the Mind Flayer helps convert the the world into this post-apocalyptic future right so that's kind of the theory that i had um where but there are alternate timelines but one is in the future right and that that future is a result of dustin mike and lucas deciding that they were going to stay indoors and not go out and seek uh, seek out will and ultimately run into 11 the difference is will Right. The difference is their choices. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, or maybe when I originally thought of it, it was that the difference wasn't that, but the difference was that Will got captured or not. I thought that's what you had said. Okay. Maybe that's what I had said. And I, and yeah, because I remember, remember I, I was talking about how it brings such a redemption to Will and his suffering that because I was kidnapped, therefore our world was saved. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't about, you know, just um, the Demogorgon getting just getting 11, but he got me instead. Mm-hmm. And because of that, our world was saved. And I just thought that it would be such a cool way to introduce that in that they go into this alternate timeline that's in the future by accident or something. Somehow they end up in the upside down and they run into this is how you bring in the um, number eight and stuff and make that part of the main storyline is you bring her in and you have her like be leading like this, like the remaining humans of this future, right? Because mm-hmm. she has powers too. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways in which she has survived along with these other individuals. Um, and she basically explains 
that um, she basically explains the whole, you know, in, in exposition that this is what has happened. And Eleven in my timeline is an agent of the mind flayer. Mm. And then you can have good 11 versus evil 11. <laughs> right. And it can be this, like, I like this, like concept of she's fighting against what other people were programming her to do, what the mind flayer was programming her to do. Mm-hmm. Right. She's fighting against her programming, like a, an alternate version of herself that has conformed to her programming. I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot that you could do thematically there mm-hmm. with it. And I'll probably make a video when, Stranger Things is coming out about how I feel like they can really wrap up the the series in a way that's satisfying, not only for the plot, but for the character development. Mm-hmm. So that's one theory. Um, I don't know. What do you like about that theory? I think it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I mean, everything you said, it kind of, I, really, I don't really have anything to add. Like I said, it was just something that I came up with as I was thinking through. I was like, there's so many ways that you can go about this. But what I really think is that they've already introduced multiverse into it. So really, this is an alternate timeline where this thing happens. And it happens in such a way where it is cyclical, but they are independent from each other. Because I think that the prevailing theory of it being part of the future presents a really like frustrating time warp thing where it's like, or time loop where it's like, okay, but this is really confusing. That's the thing. Like my mom she's said before like she hates time travel because she thinks it it doesn't make any sense within storylines and it just presents issues and i'm like that is the case some of the time but if you do multiverse which a lot of comic books write on and and they're coming into comic book movies if you do multiverse you can just have multiple timelines instead of time travel Mm -hmm. you can have multiple timelines that include time travel but when but incidentally when you do the time travel it just splits off it makes an alternate timeline. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and again, like it doesn't present a time loop. It just creates simultaneous timelines. You know what I mean? That are all running uh, at the same time. What are some other theories that, that you know of that are um, interesting enough to note here in the podcast? One of the theories that people have is that the whole like upside down is basically created by Terry Ives, Eleven's mom. Okay. Um, and that's actually kind of similar. Like my mom had this idea back in the first season talking about my mom, talking about my mom again. She really loves this show. And, um, and she was like, I think that the Demogorgon is actually like a split personality of 11 or something like that. But hmm. it's interesting. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think that's a cool idea because I mean, they were doing all these crazy experiments on her Yeah, and she obviously has the ability to like communicate or have some sort of powers of her own i mean you saw her do the nosebleed thing right you know she has the ability to affect yeah other people yeah um in a supernatural way Mm -hmm. but she she went crazy you know she lost her mind and so it's like did she create some sort of like alternate reality of like grief and like terrible things but it's like the question of how much power can you give a person right like yeah reality creating like she suddenly has become her own god basically <laughs> where she can create a dimension that people can walk in but if she's you know? 11's mom 11 has a lot of power yeah but not literally reality creating i mean i can see them doing that right like i can see that but it's so massive yeah. that it's like, 
they'd either have to like say like they'd have to do a clever way of saying that like of explaining what that is actually because if it's a physical place that you can go to it's crazy to think that a person's mind did that you know what i mean if it's like unless they're all hallucinating right exactly (laughs) if it's like a visual stimulus that they're receiving that's different right but i don't i don't think we want to believe that because we see people passing through gates we see things happen you know what i mean like yeah if if what she's doing is and and there's so you know even the weirdness of like electricity right like there has to be like between space and time there's something happening like in the fabric of reality because they can communicate communicate through electricity mm-hmm. you know what i mean they can communicate there's like certain plot elements and then there's also like like do you think that the they're aliens do you think that the answer is aliens, extraterrestrial life? Like, maybe. Because, like, or what if the whole conspiracy thing is that, like, somehow the government created it? Like, mm. in all of their experimenting. I mean, we know that it was their fault that Eleven opened the portal in the first place. Okay. So the, it, the, all this is kind of their fault. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Because they created Eleven through all of their drugs and testing and yeah. stuff. Yeah. They and then they drove her to the point of like fear and anguish mm. in order to like reach out and like connect with this being and her power like split open the portal mm. to have access to them. But like what if in another dimension or like even in this dimension, unknowingly, they were the reason that they create, like they created hmm. these creatures somehow. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that there's so much you can do. Like, wait, uh, the Papa guy is dead, right? I don't know. They haven't answered that. They didn't that. really show that. No, they didn't answer that. If you don't see a body, right. then they're not dead. That's and like I the want- storytelling rule. I want to know more about him because I feel unsatisfied about him. Yeah. You know, because there's there's a lot of backstory, I feel like, and a lot of mystery still around, like, who he is, mm-hmm. why. I feel like that they could go into, like, why he's doing, he has done this. Why does Eleven have some sort of, like, attachment right. to him? Like, I that, want to see more flashbacks. Yeah, because right. he he's doing such awful things to her, but yet she trusts him somehow and calls him Papa. Is she actually related to him? Is he actually her grandfather like what's going on with that you know yeah i don't know there's a lot of theories I, I it's really fun to speculate i will be sad now i know that in the second season like when the thing when they perform the exorcism and will is released <laughs> of his of his inner demon if you will um when the mind flayer stuff comes out of him it flies up into the sky right mm-hmm. so again like where to go where to go right like that denotes extraterrestrial that denotes like space being you know what i mean like not of this world type stuff um what if not the mind flare is their ship right it's like not just like not of this dimension but like it makes it like alien you know and so i don't know about that i don't i don't know i just if had I a flashback to, to arrival right it made me think of the aliens on that yeah i yeah, the way in which they communicate and stuff. Yeah. There's like, but 
it's just so weird because you see moments, like I said, they talk through the light bulbs, they talk through electricity, um, but there's also like the static on the screen forms the shape mm-hmm. of the mind flayer. It's like electromagnetic like, stuff. I yeah, and you're just like, what is going on? So my hope is that they really are turning the cogs in their brain to make something that we're just never going to expect. You yeah. know what I mean? Ultimately, like I would really like the multiverse thing um, with the future, um, the theory that I thought of, but um, and I'm sure other people might have thought of different things regarding that, but um, I would really love to see, to be surprised, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. So with that, I think we can close out this Halloween episode <laughs> of of the Weight of Cinema podcast. Like I said, we don't really, we're not too well versed in the horror, um, you know, um, slasher genre of film. Uh, And Stranger Things isn't really a scary show, but it does have those creepy elements, those spooky, um, those spooky vibes and and really very creepy imagery that we see sometimes Mm -hmm. where it makes you want to like, woo, you know, it makes you shudder a little bit, (laughs) but it's not like a terrifying show at all. Um, but it is Halloween themed. And so, um, we're so excited to have talked about that today and to celebrate a little bit of Halloween with you guys. Halloween isn't really my favorite. I know a lot of people really like Halloween. It isn't my favorite holiday, but I appreciate the the joy that people get out of it. Yeah. But it also can be fun, especially when you do things like dress up as the DC cast, which you were doing. So, So, okay. So on Wednesday on Halloween, Kaylin and I, and a few friends of ours, um, my sister included, will be dressing up as DC superhero characters. So Kaylin, you will be Supergirl, and I will be (laughs) Batman. Of course. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) I am Batman. Just kidding. Um, and then I will also, we have uh, Batgirl, the flash, Yes. Robin. Yes. Wonder Woman. It's going to be quite We also have fun. a bunch of villains. Yes. It's going to so, be great. It's going to yeah. be so fun. So I do like dressing up. I think that that's fun. I mean, yeah. I don't do it super often, but I like the idea of it. <laughs> um, anyway, it's going to be fun. And we are so excited to have talked about something spooky with you all. So thank you guys so much for listening and for watching. If you're on YouTube, you probably, if you're on YouTube, we're just listening to, but Nevertheless, thank you so much. Go ahead and visit the show notes below if you're on YouTube, the description to check out the Weight of Cinema community on Patreon, where you guys can become Weight of Cinema community members, get access to exclusive content, and join in on the success and development of Weight of Cinema as a brand, as an effort of cinema loving. We're so excited uh, for what this channel brings to movie lovers and we're so excited to grow that with the community members with the patrons on patreon so go ahead and check that out you can also follow both kaylin and i on social media actually you know what don't follow me on social media i'm in the middle of reworking stuff kaylin and i are in the middle of revitalizing reworking uh, our businesses and so we'll have more to say about that later on but kaylin where can people find you on instagram You can find me at Kaylin Juliana. Great. And with that, we will close out this episode. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Have a very spooky Halloween. (laughs) 
he, that wasn't convincing enough. You gotta do like more inflection. Spooky. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You're great. Have a great night. And the end of the episode. And scene. And closes right now. Now.